And welcome back to another episode of The Sidetracked Sleppies. Episode number five. Episode number five. If you've made it this far, we sincerely appreciate you. What, all ten of you? That, that... All, there, there, are, <laughs> there are ten active subscribers here. Hey, that's followers. awesome. That's awesome. They want to listen to us ramble about stuff. I, I am glad the ten people choose to <laughs> take time out of their days to listen to us talk about I mean, whatever we decide to talk about. Yeah, and then our topics are very specific. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, trains, roller coasters, and and <laughs> racing, specifically yes. the NASCAR series. But um, so you know how we normally uh have a rail cam open during the podcast here during the uh recording. So we've always had virtual rail fan, but I discovered a hit the mic. I uh, discovered a new rail cam, and it's by Steel Highway, and it is in downtown Chicago, right by the Ogilvie Transportation Center. I think I said Ogilvie? Ogilvie. Yeah, it's right right by the Ogilvie uh, Transportation Center, and it has a really nice high perch view of the trains that exit the station and they go over, they fly over the uh, tracks that are leading into the, I guess, the northern side of uh, Union Station. So you get a lot of cool Metra and Amtrak action on this webcam. So let's see. So the bottom line is the Milwaukee West District, um, the Milwaukee North District, um, the North Central Service, and then all the Amtrak. So you get the uh, the long-distance train, the Empire Builder, and you get all the Hiawatha as well. And then the top track is the UP West, Northwest, and North Lines. That uh, go out of the city, so it's it's really cool. There's always action going on. They have a live feed set up as well, so you can listen to the radio communications. And another thing they just added today was a snippet of the Metro map that kind of shows where the Metro trains are in the area, and they have it like zoomed in a little bit on that area, so you can at least see them when they're coming in and leaving when they're on the map. So it's kind of cool. Kind of gives you a little heads up. And it's neat just to see the city um, throughout the day. Like right now, the uh, crossing for the bottom section is going down right now. Obviously, I'm not going to say every train because that'd be probably crazy. But it's still a really neat cam. So let's see. There's a metro train leaving on the top right now. Now there's a metro train coming around the corner as I speak. So there's two trains on here on the top track. There's one on the bottom track going by, another metro train, it looks like. So there's like three trains right now all crisscrossing. So it's a really neat action-packed map, and it's really neat to see it at night with all the metro, metro cars, uh, the windows and stuff lit. It's pretty neat. So give that give that a uh, check out. Check out that. Kind of neat. So I got the cam up. I just want to talk about, like, the way that rail cams have uh, 
you know, evolved over the years. So yeah. Like, so, like, the first one that I watched, that I can remember watching, I was, like, 8 or 10 years old, and it was at the Horseshoe Curve, and it wasn't even a live stream. It was, it took a photo, like, every 10 or 15 seconds, mm-hmm. and it would just post that photo. And it was a very specific spot. Like, you couldn't really see anything. Like, maybe you could see, like, the engines and maybe, like, five cars, maybe. Like, it was very, it was a very tight window. And I remember I would get upset <laughs> when I'd be sitting there all the time waiting for something to go by. Then something goes by and it missed the engines. Like, the, the camera didn't take the photo <laughs> when the engines went by and it was just the cars. And I'd be like, gosh darn it. Like, I'm sitting here, little eight-year-old me. Wanting to watch trains, and I'm like, ah. But that's the first one I can remember watching. That technically, I don't even know what website it was on. I don't know if it was sponsored by the uh, museum or was it I mean, PT242? I mean, no, it wasn't PT242.com. Oh. Love that website, by the way. So, what's your what's your first recollection or memory of? watching rail cams or whatever stuck out to you. Yeah, so I remember the earliest for me was probably the Fostoria cam. It was not Virtual Rail Fan. It was at a different location. It was on the rail bar, which was right across the street from the B&O station in Fostoria. I think the rail bar might still be there. I don't know. (laughs) Just go check it out. Um, (laughs) But it was like the very earliest days of YouTube Live. You know, like the live streaming capability that YouTube had. Yep. So, like, early 2010s, I'd say, was my first. I never, yeah, I never got into or heard of a uh, website that would would only post pictures like you were saying. Yeah. Um, Then I remember the other one that I always watched. So now it's like 2010, 2011, 2012, right when the heritage units were coming out. It was the I think it's it's probably still there. So it's the Railstream camera at the station inn in Crescent PA on the main line. Cuz I had it like down like it, right when the train went by, if it had a heritage unit on it when they were brand new like that, they were going westbound. So I would know, like, right there, it'd be, like, two hours until it passed the location where I go catch them. Um, yeah. So, it was a nice thing, because that was before HeritageUnits.com and stuff, too, like that. It was, I didn't even have a Facebook at that point yet. It was such a peaceful and blissful world back I then. I was so innocent before <laughs> I got... so innocent before... <laughs> before, I, before we found all, all the uh, real fan train groups and you know, all that stuff. But, and look where we are today. Yeah. I remember, too, that the Station Inn also had a camera. Now that I remember that, they had a they had a, a camera before the Railstream one that was, like, the same thing as the Horseshoe Curve, where it would just take a photo every 15 seconds. And it was actually mounted on the porch, like, back on the wall of the porch, so you could see the porch pillars and stuff. It was kind of funny. But, um... Yeah, now here we are today. Uh, virtual... Railfan didn't scale trains, just say they uh, bought. Yeah, scale trains just acquired a large, a majority stake in virtual railfan. So they didn't buy them outright, but they bought a majority stake. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is an interesting community. I'll say that. I mean, 
Yeah. I like, I mean, I'll throw them on every once in a while, like how we do here with the podcast. But like, even just I'll throw it on a computer screen, one of the computer screens, and just keep it in the back, see what's see what's going by places. What... Well, I think we should talk about the elephant in the virtual rail fan room here. Um, if you see like a heritage unit on a rail cam, do you count that as actually catching it? No, no, thank no, you. You have Good. you have to take. That's the right answer. You have to go out and take a photo of it in the wild. Go outside <laughs> and touch grass, please. Yeah, in the wild. In the wild. I don't care how wild it gets. In the wild. Yeah, no, that doesn't count. It's no. a good tool, though, to help track them in some cases. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. It's a great tool. It's a great resource. Yeah. Um, But it should never take the place of actually rail fanning, you know? Yeah. Same. We had it pretty lucky in our day, I guess. <laughs> I guess we did. <laughs> oh. Scary, it was only a decade ago. <laughs> um, okay, so one of the regular listeners might be my uncle. <laughs> okay. okay. So, hello, Uncle Bob. Thank you, Luke's uncle, for being so, one of our <laughs> so, 10 subscribers. So, shout out to Uncle Bob. <laughs> so... I'm going to do something for Uncle Bob here. He likes uh, my whole, my family on that side, my mom's side, they like trivia. They love trivia. They'll go to like trivia night at bars and they have a great time. And my uncle and my aunt, them, they're, they're pretty good at it too. And so we went to Niagara Falls on Canada Day. And, hey. A. And instead of listening to like, music and stuff like they like to listen they like to listen to podcasts so we were listening to some like of the daredevils uh stories and stuff the people that went over the falls and oh like you wanted to do to me yeah oh dude that dave dave monday dave monday monday he is my daredevil hero of niagara falls that man went over the falls twice (laughs) like he went over once in like 1991, like in the early 90s, and then he went over again in like 93 or 95, somewhere between 1990 and 95. He he did it twice because one time just wasn't good enough for him apparently. <laughs> and that dude, I love that dude. I'm like, man, that dude is awesome. And he survived both times, obviously. But there's some crazy. There's a lot. There were a lot of crazy stories we heard on this podcast. They were pretty good. But then all the way back. We were listening to like trivia ones where it it, it was kind of like in the uh, setup form formality, like you were at a trivia night at a bar, and they ask the questions, you write down your answers, then you go through the questions again, and you give answers basically. So I wanted to try to do that. I got seven questions right. Of course, okay. of course, all of them are train related. So I guess that is the. That is the theme of these seven questions train related. The first, let's see, the first three are just like, I don't know, general knowledge, maybe? I think. Okay. I think. General railroad knowledge. General railroad knowledge. Uh, Sounds like a category from Quizzle. It might be around the world, you know, but it, like knowledge from around the world, I guess, for railroads. But they, they're they're pretty simple questions, so don't. 
don't fret too much. Let's see, then the next, so the first three are that, then the next three are uh, Pennsylvania Railroad-related questions. Of course they are. Of course they are. And I would expect nothing less. And then the last question, the seventh question, is an Amtrak question. So I'll mm. I'll I'll put like I'll put I'll get a timer out and I'll 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 give you like 10, 10 15 seconds between each one. So I'll I'll ask the questions. Don't say it right away, Bryson, because then I'll ask them again. So whoever's listening. And willingly wants. Oh, you want me to write these down? <laughs> write my yeah. Write down. your answers okay. down the first time. Like, don't answer them right when I start here, because then that'll give anybody who's listening, hopefully my uncle Bob, time to think of it and write it down too. And then I'll go through it again, and then you can give me the answer. We'll see if you get them right. Okay. So cool. Let me get out a stopwatch real quick, just to so I can time it between questions. I'll give like ten, fifteen seconds. Some of them might be easier than others. But let's give it a shot here. So, the theme is trains. Question number one. Where was the locomotive invented? As in what country? What country was the locomotive invented? Then I'll go quiet. Okay. Okay. Question number two. The Central Pacific Railroad, the railroad building the western section of the Transcontinental Railroad, began in what city? Okay, question number three. What is the longest railway line in the world that has a total length of approximately 9,290 kilometers? Okay, these next three questions are going to be about the Pennsylvania Railroad, my favorite. So question number four, what symbol was featured on the Pennsylvania Railroad's logo, which is also the state nickname of the named after state? You can already go to the next question. (laughs) I know. These are, some of these are. More simple than others, especially for you. Okay. Question number five. Pennsylvania Station, better known as Penn Station, the Pennsylvania Railroad's main station in Manhattan, was completed in 1910. Larger and busier than the rival Grand Central Station, the building was demolished in 1964 to make way for a major new project. What famous building now sits where the Penn Station Concourse building used to be? Okay. 
Okay, question six. In 1857, the Pennsylvania Railroad acquired the assets of the main line of public works, a canal and railroad project chartered by the state of Pennsylvania. Which one of these assets would eventually be the cause of a major disaster that claimed over 2,200 lives on May 31st, 1889 in Johnstown, PA? So what was the name of that asset that Pennsylvania Railroad acquired? Okay, and last but not least, question number seven. This is an Amtrak-related question. Name one of the two states, or both states if you know them, of the contiguous 48 states currently left out of the Amtrak network without a rail connection. Okay. You ready to go through this, Bryson? Yeah, I think so. You think you got them all? I don't I don't have that kind of confidence. I know I got some of them. Okay. So, let's go through them again and we'll give the answers this time. We'll see if Bryson got it right. Can I I'll, I'll answer it and you tell me if I'm wrong. Yep, I'll let you know. So, question number 1, where was the locomotive invented? What country? Great Great Britain? Great Britain or England, yes. I will take okay, that. Cool. So England was where the steam locomotive was first invented. Okay, question number two. The Central Pacific Railroad, the railroad building the western section of the Transcontinental Railroad, began in what city, Bryson? San Francisco? Ooh, close but no cigar. Sacramento. Sacramento. A yeah, lot of, that was my second A lot one. of people think San Francisco, but it was Sacramento, California. Yeah, that was my second guess. You know, I honestly, when I read that question for the first time, I was like, mm, it might be San Francisco. I knew it was San Francisco or Sacramento. Well, here's the thing. Do you remember taking the Zephyr through Sacramento and there's all the massive buildings next yeah. to the tracks? Yeah. That was all... Central Pacific building yep. stuff. Yep. And Roseville, basically. You know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So question number three was, what is the longest railway line in the world that has a total length of approximately 9,290 kilometers? Your answer, Bryson? The Trans-Siberian Railroad? The Trans-Siberian Railway. That is correct. Railway, yeah. Over in Russia. The motherland. the motherland. Okay, number. And uh, if uh, if she's listening to this, <laughs> shout out to Doctor Rogers because I know she's she's listened to this a few oh, times. <laughs> that wonderful uh, history of Russia and the Soviet Union. Nice. Where trains revolve around everything in Russia and the Soviet Union. So. Okay. Question number four. 
What symbol was featured in the PRR's logo, which is also the state nickname of the named after state? Keystone. Keystone. That's an easy one, I think. My boss would literally fire me if I got that wrong, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number five. Um, I'm just gonna, it was Pennsylvania Station, better known as Penn Station, the Pennsylvania Railroad's main station in Manhattan was completed in 1910. Larger and busier than the rival Grand Central Station, the building was demolished in 1964 to make way for a new major project. So what famous building now sits where the Penn Station Concourse building used to be, Bryson? Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. One of, uh, one of the very, uh... Unfortunate things that happened in history that we never sta- saved Penn Station. It might, might be a little biased, but hey, I guess we still have. Uh, I don't Grants think and, that's the worst you know, thing Grants. that's happened in the history of New York City, but like, okay. Like Grand Central. As, as in architecture. <laughs> okay. As in architecture, Bryson, in the railroad world. My God. Okay, I know you didn't get this next one. I don't think I did. I I, I, I know you didn't get this one right, because this one's a very, very specific question. Maybe my uncle probably got it right, though. I mean, let's see. So in 1857, the Pennsylvania Railroad acquired this asset of the main line of public works, a canal and railroad project chartered by the state of Pennsylvania. Which one of these assets would eventually be the cause of a major disaster that claimed over 2,200 lives on May 31st, 1889 in Johnstown, PA? Bryson, your answer, please. It's not right, but the Johnstown Dam? Ooh. Ooh, you got the dam part I right. I knew it was it the was... dam, I just don't know what the name <laughs> of the dam was. It, uh, was a, it is a dam that is... I don't know how far away. It's not too far away from downtown Jamestown. A couple miles, like five, eight miles, maybe. You have been there. I have taken you there. I <laughs> well, think. That makes it so not, much not better. To the, not, to the, not to the dam, but I believe it is named after a town that is on the main line. Juniata? No. <laughs> think... Okay. How can I help? It is a secondary coal line that goes, that uh, connects into the main line. It's where all the SD80 Macs were uh, based out. Uh, uh, to to push... Cr- Crescent? To push trains. Not Crescent. That's too far away. That's at the top of the hill. Think about halfway between Crescent and Johnstown. I'm going to look at a map here. <laughs> Pull up a map. Between Crescent and Johnstown. You're, you're going to get it. Portage? You'll get it. Ah, keep, going, keep going west. South Fork. South Fork. South Fork Dam. The South Fork Dam. I'll have to take you to that site next time. You know, it's a, I, it's a, it's I, a nice park. I blame uh, the Well There's Your Problem podcast for not talking about this and their mainline of public works part of the Penn Central uh, yeah, really, dynasty. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good yeah, job. We what kind of podcast we, are you guys? You're we not teaching we me listen all this to history. We listened to all four hours, and you just no, learned. No, there's ten hours, Luke. Ten, ten hours. hours. See, I don't even remember how. I mean, that was a long train. We listened to it while we were on the Empire Builder. Yes, that I was forgot very about long. that. Yeah, that was great. We we're listening to it on the Empire Builder. Okay, last question. So yeah, so it's the South Fork Dam. That is where the uh, the moguls like that word moguls. Yeah, the moguls of Pittsburgh would vacation so it was oh it i was, thought you meant like moguls steam engine moguls but you mean like people <laughs> i don't even know if that's the right word to be honest it sounds spelling? like i had to watch harry potter for work today <laughs> not and muggles it, it sounds like something from <laughs> harry potter dude not not muggles you know what i gotta <laughs> I gotta look that up now because I'm probably I, I probably sound stupid now. Oh, I'm pretty sure uh, people with lots of money. Those are moguls. Muggles. I was gonna moguls, say moguls. How do you even spell it? I don't even know how to spell M-O-U-G-U-L. it. M O U G U L. Moguls, an important or powerful person, especially in the motion picture or media industry. Well, they were moguls of the steel industry. Yeah, at that time. So Andrew Carnegie even, I believe, had a stake up there, like a place up there. You mean Andrew Carnegie? Carnegie. <laughs> Carnegie. We're not going into that again. <laughs> it could be a whole episode. So, okay, so let's let's finish this. Okay. So, episode seven, <laughs> question number seven. Ready? Yeah. Name Name one of the two states, or both, since I know you know both. Of the contiguous 48 states currently left out of the Amtrak network without a rail connection. Keyword, without a rail connection. A Amtrak rail connection. An Amtrak rail yeah, connection. Yeah, I was going to say, there's rail in the states. There's rail in the states, but not an Amtrak rail connection. Yeah, it's uh, Wyoming. And... I There's two. I didn't think hard enough for the second one. There's two, um, Bryson. Oh, come on. You know the second one, too. I mean, come I, on. I probably do. Let me look at a map. No, 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 no. You can't look at a map. You can't look at a map. Oh, it's South cheating. Dakota. It is South Dakota. <laughs> they do have b- bus connections, though. Yes. Well, do they to South Dakota, too? Mm-hmm. I think all states have... You know what? You better fact check me. See if there's a bus connection to South Dakota now. Pretty sure there's gotta be. <laughs> there has to be. But there's no rail connection. You can't get on an Amtrak train and get on or off a train, Amtrak train in Wyoming or South Dakota. Which is kind of hard to imagine with Cheyenne being on the former Transcontinental Railroad. Well, you'd think that route would still be used. With some type of Amtrak, at least. But you just got the California Zephyr, like, what, two hours south of there, so I guess. I guess that's just how it works. It looks like there's not even throughway bus to South Dakota. Wow. I know there is to Cheyenne. Yeah. But not to South Dakota. There has to be. Mm -mm. Let's see. Amtrak. Yeah. Yeah, track no. 
work. Wow, there isn't. Yeah. Wow. So, sorry yeah, to... Learn something new. Everybody who lives in South Dakota. You know what, what I learned today? Did you what? know that the population of Canada is less than the population of the state of California? Oh, I could believe that. I mean, yeah, it's believable. I just didn't realize that was an actual stat. California, I mean, uh, Canada is very... Sparse. <laughs> yeah. Um, they got the fires it... that are taking everybody out there, too, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, let me tell you, yeah. They're taking out us, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, yeah, there's not even a three-way bus connection to South Dakota. Yeah, they, they basically said, screw you, South Dakota. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. Hmm. But, hey. speaking of service up, I mean, I don't even want to say it's up that way, because it's not. Uh, Metro just recently announced that, and the state of Illinois, that they will be running trains from Chicago to Rockford in 2027. That's exciting. Wow. Wow, it's still <laughs> four years away. Yes. <laughs> yes. What's um, taking them so long? Well, apparently there's some major track work that they have to do after Belvedere, between Belvedere yeah. and Rockford. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bef- between Belvedere and Chicago, it's all. I mean, most of that is already Metra. Mm-hmm. You know. So Bryson. Yeah. I heard you went on a trip. I went on a little bit of a trip. Without me. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> so, that's okay. Uh, where do I start? Yeah, I uh, flew out to the N-Scale convention in Reno, Nevada in June. And that was fun. I mean, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Um, it's Reno. I The only time I'd ever been in Reno was when we got off the train to take the picture next to the trash can. I remember that. <laughs> I remember we said, because the sign was like right there, and I said, oh, let me stand by my best friend. The <laughs> trash. trash can. Well, actually, Luke, I know it doesn't look like it from the train side, but the Reno station's actually pretty cool. Um, It's... I mean, it's actual, it's a historic station, I can't tell you, you know, what what it was. But that trench, I learned this during this trip, did you know the trench, that trench is recent. Like how recent? Um, Like 2000s recent. That would been crazy, going through downtown like that. Yeah. Well, you know how Reno is a crew change point. Yeah. So Amtrak would stop the train for the smoke <laughs> break and the crew change. Yeah, splitting the city in half for all that time. So, and I mean, at the time, I learned this from a friend that uh, Roseville was also once upon a time not Roseville, sorry, uh, Sparks Yard was a crew change point. Uh, back in the day, so they could have for been Amtrak. doing crew changes. Yes, for Amtrak, okay. they could have been doing crew changes at Sparks, but still, hmm. um, Reno is a very busy city to be stopping an Amtrak train in the middle of. So, they yeah. quite literally built a uh, shoe fly. Shoe fly. And dug the trench. Early 2000s. But the station is still, like, the above, the above ground section of the station is still up there. 
And then they built, it's weird, there's like a, it's an underground Amtrak, you know, it's part of the building, it's part of, it's underneath the station, it's like the basement of the station mm-hmm. is a waiting area. So there's two sections, there's an above ground waiting area and a below ground waiting area hmm. for Amtrak. It's it's a pretty neat layout. Interesting. But, because what, you caught the Zephyr there? Yeah, so I'll explain that. So. <clears throat> After all my shenanigans in Reno, um, I only were lost... You the, were you the youngest one there? There were some children there. Oh, wow. Against um, their will? Well, they were there with their parents, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, after I lost a few dollars in the slot machines, mm. as you do in Reno, um, and what else did I do in Reno? Well, we went to the rodeo. Um, we took the Virginia and Truckee Railroad, and in Virginia City, where we exited the train, I got to meet the finest ass in Virginia City, Nevada. I saw you kissed it, too. She was gorgeous. Um, her name was Bernadette. Oh! At least it was a female ass. (laughs) Bernadette the donkey. Oh my god. I only had to pay, I mean, they asked for donations. I gave her a few bucks. So she's for, prostituting. For <laughs> yeah, so she's, she's prostituting. A prostitute donkey, <laughs> you are correct. Oh my god. And the pimp, he's only 16 years old. I don't know if that's, I mean, it's... It, uh, it's it's all Nevada. All of it is legal in Nevada. I was gonna say, it is <laughs> but, Nevada. <laughs> um, also in, legal in Nevada, smoking everywhere so like like marijuana or just smoking um smoking just smoking okay so uh you know how like when we go to hotels you check the bed sheets for everything yeah because i'm paranoid you would you would you would have hated this hotel there were burn marks in the sheets (laughs) yeah no that is not (laughs) that is not a holiday express quality (laughs) No, this was a uh, casino hotel, but, 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 But? it it overlooks Sparks Yard. I know, that's the thing, yeah. That was, that view was epic. I was so happy. I actually, I had to change, like, make them change my room. Like, (laughs) so there's two towers in this casino. Yeah. And the main tower for the convention, Mm -hmm. all of the rooms looking south words were taken you know mm-hmm. because it's a train convention and they're foamers yep and so whoa, whoa, whoa. I, don't don't use the f, don't use the f word bud <laughs> they're rail fans so oh no that the r word's even worse <laughs> <laughs> so i had to ask the guy at the front desk if i can get a room facing south he's like oh yeah just uh <laughs> he's like let me guess let me let me put you in the other tower I'm like you're, thank you you're, you're a weirdo so it was it was so cool just I was on the twenty seventh floor. That is oh. by far the highest floor I've ever been in a hotel. How how many floors were there? Like fifty? No, there were twenty nine. Oh um, okay, so you were <laughs> and there. Oddly enough, there okay. was not a thirteenth floor. No, there yeah, that's a that's a thing. That's a thing. Okay. Can I can I sidetrack you real quick? Yeah. The hotel that my family always stayed at in Myrtle Beach, the uh, 
uh, what is it called? The Dune Breakers Resort or whatever. So we would always stay. We usually just stayed. There, there were two build. There were two of them side by side. The original one, which was like when I say original, like early 2000s. And then they built like a newer one next door in like the mid or late 2000s. But um, they built the original one exactly 13 floors. Like exactly 13 floors. You're standing out there and you're counting, okay, one, two, three, five, six, 13. You get onto any of the elevators, it had 14 floors. They skipped number 13 on the on the elevators. And they said the top floor was the 14th floor. But here's me and my brother and my young cousins. We're out there like, one, two, like there's 13 floors. Like, ah, no, some superstition, I guess, with. It must be. It's like, why would you build it exactly 13 floors if it was superstitious? I don't know. I have no idea. Apparently, that's a thing, yeah. And the pool was on the fifth floor, and oh. to lounge, you overlooked oh God. The, uh, the rail yard. How was your hot tub experiences? So, Luke, let's get to the hot tub experience. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> because, you it. know, I love a good hot tub. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. I remember the one in Denver. <laughs> Oh, dude, I love a good hotel hot tub. I know, they're absolutely disgusting. But, oh, God. <laughs> oh, man, breeding, they're so Breeding ground of fungi. <laughs> well, they were some fun guys in that hot tub. Ooh. So, Ooh. I'm in the hot tub, Luke. Okay. and I'm picturing it. I'm first pic- of all. Okay. I want you to picture. Bubbles. A bunch of old men lounging on the outside of the pool area, reading train magazines. I was going to say reading trains. <laughs> okay. While there's a bunch of children in the pool. Uh, this sounds I don't know. Pre- that's just, that's, sounds, I'm, just, I'm setting the scene this, for you. This sounds predatory. <laughs> I'm setting the scene for you. Okay. <laughs> so, do, they have, do they have shirts on? The guy's lounging. Some of them didn't. Okay. The ones that were in the hot tub in the pool did. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I get in the pool area, and I see this guy. I've seen him all convention. I, Because it's Saturday. Like, I got there Wednesday night. This is Saturday. Mm-hmm. I see him all convention. I'm like, I've seen this guy before. He looks way too familiar. But he his his name tag because we all you know little lanyards yeah says he's from Washington. Now why would I know somebody ah, from Washington? I know why. And we start. He's in the hot tub with me, and we start talking. And I'm like, that voice is familiar too. Yeah. You, Mister Mike. Yes. Yeah, Mike. You were on the train. The California Zephyr last year with me and Luke. Yep. On your way to the end scale convention in Nashville. Yep. I remember so, him. So if you haven't read uh the story on trains.com called uh Fourteen States and Five Stakes, Luke and I met a retired Amtrak conductor, Mike, on the California Zephyr last year. 
right after I got the uh, phone call to interview for my current position. And, you know, it was all exciting. Uh, Not phone call, email. Yeah. Email. You know, I was excited. Yeah. Uh, But we were talking about trains in the lounge car, and this guy kind of joined in our conversation, and we got to talking. We talked for a few days, actually, because, you know, the Zephyr trip is three days long. Yep. And Super nice guy. He was so nice. He got off in Galesburg before, you know, we could get any contact information, but it's a super nice guy. Plus, um, I would, plus, I was sick, too, at that point. <laughs> yeah, we were both. Oh, by Galesburg of that trip? No, we were both. Uh, we were both not in the greatest of places. We were very, <laughs> we were very hungry to begin with. Very hungry. The dining, very tired. Very the, yeah, sick. The dining car broke the day before, so they were just feeding us, like, we were supposed to get Jimmy John's, and the contract was at Galesburg, but we were late into Galesburg, so we didn't get lunch until 4 o'clock. Or, yeah, like, <laughs> seriously, they gave us breakfast. For whatever reason, we could eat breakfast out of the dining car, and that was at, like, you know, 6, 7 in the morning. We didn't get, we didn't get anything else until 4 p.m., and it was just like... Oh my god, I am so hungry. And <laughs> and both of us kind of get a little hangry. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's when I started. I'm pretty sure I got COVID. Like, I'm pretty sure that's... Oh, both of us. Yeah, yes, both of us got COVID. Like, I was already starting to, like, you know, I was... I had major headaches, sore throat. I was just, like, I'm ready for this trip to be done. Because I was I was so happy, at least. It, it, it happened on, the like, the last day, the last, like, eight yeah. hours. So... That's the good thing about that. But, like, yeah, I was, like, getting sick. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God. I need to get, like, I want to get home and sleep in a bed. (laughs) Okay. Back to Mike. So, Mike, (laughs) we're in the hot tub. We're talking. And I'm like, you, you're, we were on the train last year together. I know that sounds crazy. He's like, oh, you're the guy who you had the the interview. You you know, you got the email for the interview. I'm assuming you got the job. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm here because of that job. Yes. <laughs> That's so cool. we kind of reconnected. Yeah. He remembered me. I remembered him. Um, and he, he remembered you, Luke, because he remembered my friend. And, oh. um, yeah, he's like, where's your friend at? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Not this time. Uh, well, he thought you worked in the railroad industry or something, and I'm like, no, nah. Luke's an engineer. <laughs> nah. Hey, yeah. Not not an engineer, train engineer. Yeah. Just an so, engineer. <laughs> we get to talking, and he's like, are you going on Lowell's trip? We'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, well, so am I. So... We got to ride the same route a year apart together that we rode. That's cool. I mean, last year. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, that was it was cool. literally a year. Yeah, pretty much a year. It, it was pretty much a year. Um, So to get into that trip, yes, after all the shenanigans in Reno, I only bought, you know, one cowboy hat and... That's it. Um, and then you put it okay. on. And then you put it on your dog and forced to take your pictures <laughs> hey. with your dog. <laughs> um. So we do our food rankings on this show, right? Yeah. Okay. In and Out Burger. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. In and Out Burger in Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. I had high hopes, mm. high expectations. Mm-hmm. Everybody here in the Midwest raves about In and Out Burger. Oh, yeah, that's because they're so. Weird. Just like Culver's, probably. Keith, 
Dave and I, we all go to In-N-Out Burger. Okay. The first night, I just, you know, I've been flying all day. Hungry. Get a burger and fries and a chocolate shake. Mm-hmm. Burger. Eight out of ten. Really? Yeah, the burger was pretty good. Okay. The burger had a good, they had a good house sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, the, like, everything, the proportions were very good. The burger patty itself was good. I was very happy with the burger. Okay. The fries. Uh. One out of ten. Ooh. Tasted like straight up cardboard had been put in a deep fryer. Mm. And it wasn't just me, it was all of us. Interesting. We all thought the same way. Is that the only time you had it, I'm assuming? It it is. I Maybe you had a bad We'll batch. get to how my plans were changed. I was planning on getting getting it again, but Yeah, plans were changed. Hmm. The shake was a six out of ten. Like it was good. Yeah. That's good. I actually probably got too big of a size <laughs> because I didn't need all that. Super, and super size, man. The welcome reception later that night was called a uh, chocolate overload. Ooh. So a chocolate shake before chocolate overload probably wasn't the greatest of ideas, but I didn't go to Reno to lose weight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that's that's my rating for the night. Um So yes, I was invited by Lowell Smith of Railsmith Models. He produces N-scale passenger cars. To take the Milwaukee Road Superdome, no. that is owned by Friends of the Two Sixty One, Silvis, you know, shops. What the that whole conglomerate down there? Uh, explain what the Superdome is, though, to people the that Superdome, don't, that don't know. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm. Yes, because I mean, it's the, the general public. Yeah. it's the Superdome. The Superdome. The what makes Superdome. it special? What makes it special? It is a eighty-five foot long car passenger car built by i don't uh, bud i think it was built by bud um for the milwaukee road and what is so special about the superdome is in the name dome the entire roof minus a few foot section down the center line the entire roof is glass windows and elevated like you're sitting up high oh like like yes it's elevated like yeah, like a, like yeah. So it's basically back in the day, you were the tallest thing on the train. Yeah, so you would see the train, you would see the other single level cars and like the engines in front of you, basically while you were sitting up higher. Yes, and all around, I guess. All and all around, and I mean, when you're going through now the Milwaukee Road, when they use this, <laughs> yeah, didn't really have any canyons or anything. Yeah, you know, they're, more they're, like yeah. you know, cows. Um, <laughs> you got a good view of the cows. You got a good view of the cows, uh, <laughs> but you get to see. I mean, basically a 360 degree view uh-huh. from where you are. Uh, so it's, jealous. It's. <laughs> it's all tables, so the entire upper level is a lounge, basically. Mm-hmm. There's a bar in the upper level. There's a kitchen in the down, the lower level. And a lounge down there, but uh, the way they were using it, it was a crew lounge. Mm-hmm. Man. So I was invited to take this train car. 
privately chartered by Lowell Smith from originally Emeryville Torino. Uh-oh. He said so, originally. Originally from Emeryville Torino. Oh, no, it's a, it's a good thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good thing. That's right. I'm trying to it's a good thing. remember it now. You're trying to remember what happened, yes. yes. So, basically what I did <laughs> usually, was... Usually when it's originally and you use Amtrak, Amtrak. <laughs> it doesn't go well usually, for us. Usually it's a bad thing, but that's right, this is a good thing. Like, originally we were supposed to take the Vermonter from Burlington, Vermont to New Haven, Connecticut. Originally. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, so... What I did, Lowell did this trip specifically. He timed it so that it would be, you could get to the convention on the train and you could leave the convention on the train Mm -hmm. with a little bit of other logistics. But uh, his entire trip. Can I? I, Yeah. Was was, these cars just tacked on the back of the Zephyr or was this like a totally chartered train? They were they were tacked on the back of the Zephyr. So how many cars were there in gen- or how many cars were there in total? I don't I can't tell you. It was a, a typical Zephyr consist. Yeah. It was how um, many private so how many Zephyr, private cars were there? I guess That's yes, what I'm there were three. Three. Okay. It was the um, Salisbury Beach, which was ex Boston and Maine, mm-hmm. the Superdome, and then the Berlin, which I. Didn't look up the exact history of it. I think X B and O. While you continue, yeah. So, and that's the order that it was in, and it was cool. Um, they had the Zephyr Consist flipped for this train because there were a few attendants for the cars of ours Mm -hmm. that got rooms on the Zephyr. So they could sell out cars, oh. oh, like the sleeping car compartments on the train. Gotcha. So they had the trans dorm and the sleepers in the back of the Zephyr concert. Interesting. Interesting. Which was cool because, you know, they connected to the Zephyr. We yeah. d- the passengers didn't go between yeah. cars, but crew did. Yeah. It was cool. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Anyways. So, yeah, we... Uh, I took the Zephyr, the California Zephyr, from Emeryville on Sunday morning. I took it from Emeryville to, uh, or not from Emeryville. I took it from Reno to Emeryville. Had a nice little nap on that train because it was a long weekend of a convention. I was in a sleeper. I was very cozy. And no offense, Luke, but when you're in a roomette by yourself... (laughs) And you can just lay the bottom bunk down all the way and just take a deep nap with two pillows and a blanket. Oh, man. Nothing better. What, you know, like me looking at your ugly face? No, I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> it was also fun. So, um, there it was community dining, obviously. So for lunchtime, yeah. I get set with this young couple who they do trips from Emeryville to Reno uh, for work. That's oh, wow. cool. But there was this other guy who he was he was elderly. He was from Baltimore. And it was fun because his you know how the outlets are not the best on superliner cars? Yeah, it's old, yeah. 
Well, his hearing aids oh, no. are rechargeable. Oh no. And they didn't charge because the power the outlet Aww. didn't work the night before. Did you take his So I'm aids? I'm having to help him with the menu. Oh, yeah. And he asked keep in mind, Luke, and I'm not making fun of this man. I thought it was very cute and funny at the same time I am making fun of him. Um he had been on the train from Baltimore to Emeryville. Wow. He took a few night rest in Omaha with his family, but he had been in a sleeper that entire time. Wow. He was asking for lunch for things that are nowhere close to anything on that menu. <laughs> it's like it's the same. i'm like dude you've had the same menu for three days now at least (laughs) very limited in your room very limited when you're on a train um did you just give him the burger (laughs) i i got he got the burger i got the burger there you go (laughs) that's the go-to the burger the burger and it wasn't microwaved <laughs> it's so hey, good man the microwave burger it's something else man it's just got that na- that nascar that amtrak i don't but I don't big update <laughs> since we rode the train last remember the kettle chips last yeah. year how they were different colors yeah the uh uh, what are they? They were like vegetable kettle chips, kind of. Uh, what did they call those? They were different. F- yeah, they were the uh, just like the Southwest tortilla chip type things. But they really weren't. Yeah. They didn't taste like no. that. They yeah, but they looked like that. No, they're they're real kettle chips this year. Oh, well, and real, I mean, like boy, they're you know what? <laughs> what you would expect a kettle chip are to be. Are they still serving Bud Light? I don't know. I That's didn't. Right, you don't. It was lunchtime. I didn't. That's right, you don't. And it was lunchtime. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I should have looked. Um, the tort is no longer on the menu. Shut so up. The only way to eat an Amtrak chocolate tort is by making it yourself <laughs> or by having Bryson make it for you. Really? Let me take it off. <laughs> like it wasn't on the menu at all. Um, remember last year when we were on the Starlight? Oh, the new menu. And they were experimenting with new a new, like, moose Oh, uh, is that what replaced it now? That's what replaced uh, it. Okay, so there's still a chocolate option, at least. Yeah, and I had... The, the options for lunch were brownie or butter cake. Oh. So I had a brownie. Anyways, I get to Emeryville. I get to our lovely Hyatt house next to the train tracks. Same one we stayed at, huh? And yes, the same one, except I got a single room and not a suite. We had a nice room. We had a nice room. Did you have a did and you have a balcony this time or no? No. That's In fact, I, I had a window that only opened about three inches. <laughs> but I wasn't there long to yeah, rail fan yeah. at all. We got in late. I went to dinner with everybody on the train. Did you get to the place with the nasty ketchup? No, oh. we went to another place that if we're back in Emeryville, I think you and I should go to, called Black Bear Diner. Black Bear. It's actually a chain out there in the okay. West. Um, pretty good. It was it was pretty good food. Good. I was happy with it. Good. So <laughs> and then me and Mike hit up the hot tub. You know, because the Emeryville Hotel, the Hyatt House and Emeryville Hot Tub is my favorite because you sit in there and you hear the trains come and go all night long. 
and there was a young family there and they asked us because we were talking about the train they're like oh, we want to take the train and it's so fun to talk to people that haven't taken amtrak or any train and like telling them you know the, the pros and cons right and so that was fun and i think mike and i convinced them to take a take a trip someday hmm. so yeah no no balcony but here's the thing luke I had to go to the bathroom when I got to the hotel. No. <laughs> of course I no. <laughs> So I go, and I don't know why, but I'm by myself, but I locked the door to the bathroom. Uh, yeah, you're by yourself. I wouldn't I even know. close the door. You're just, you're I, just, I, you're I, just, you're I just know. leaking. I know. But I did. Weird. That was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Because I locked myself in the bathroom. <laughs> the door lock to the bathroom got stuck in the locked position. <laughs> and I was stuck and stranded in my bathroom for approximately ten minutes while I tried to jiggle the handle free. <laughs> Eventually, the handle got free. I went down to the front desk and I told him, hey, I just checked in and my bathroom door handle's broken and it locked me in there. They're like, oh, we'll f- send maintenance up. So maintenance comes up. The dude takes a flathead screwdriver, unscrews something in the lock, tells me, do not lock this door, and leaves. <laughs> Hilarious. And that's it? That's, you never saw him again? Never saw him again. He vanished. Hilarious. Like a Hilarious. ghost. That's a good maintenance man. <laughs> so don't do that. <laughs> so we take the train the next morning. And it's everything that I could have asked for. Mm-hmm. The service was amazing. Shout out to my friend Mariah down in Racine. She was a uh a steward, stewardess. Mm-hmm. Uh, also good bartender. So great service. We, we get fed, you know, all the time lunch. (laughs) Oh, we're fed all the time. We did not go hungry. (laughs) We get on the train and there's a breakfast buffet lunch. We had like, it was like a turkey, turkey kind of on ciabatta with, it it was all fancy, right? You know how we take the train and we live a life that's fancier than we usually. Yeah. And we're like, this was. This was We're like, what is this food? Like <laughs> This this was double that oh, Luke. God. This was like a high, high class that I've never experienced and don't deserve. <laughs> but at the same time I can't just, you know, sit and take it all in. I gotta work. Yeah. Uh and so a few things I'm I'm I have a video camera filming for work. I get an interview with the chief mechanical officer. Cool. And that that was cool. He's He's got an armful of tattoos of locomotives with, like, scenery oh, and stuff. It, it's so cool. Like, he's... The, the first one I saw was a... Uh, one of the Great Northern, the blue and black and white SD-45s. That was... That was neat. Um... So, yeah. So, I'm I'm on the train, and... Lowell, the organizer of this trip, he asked me, he's like, so, I really wish you could stay. 
on this train the whole the whole way back to Chicago. And I said, well, you know, we couldn't work, couldn't you know buy buy the ticket for that. He's like, no, don't worry about it. We we have an extra an extra upper berth. You can you can take that and all the way back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know that might cause some you know travel issues, but you know so. I talk to my people. My people are like, absolutely do it. Unfortunately, I had already checked into my flight for the next day, <laughs> 24 hours earlier. And so, and both my flight and hotel were non-refundable. Oops. So, I mean, we're yeah. good for that. But, <laughs> but yeah, it just goes. But I still got yeah, back. It on the work expense, yeah. It's, yes. Who cares? And I got to take the train all the way from Emeryville to Chicago. That's awesome. Which is, because you know this, Luke, our favorite day of the trip is the second day. Yes. Between Salt Lake and Denver. Yes, that, that, and, that part of the trip is just amazing. And that was the part of the trip that I really wanted to take. Like, I love the Sierra Nevadas. There was still a lot of snow up in the Sierra Nevadas. It was beautiful. Yeah. But between Salt Lake and Denver is just out of this world. Yep. So, where did you sleep? It's so, Luke. Okay. I, I slept in an upper berth well, of the Salisbury Beach. Salisbury Beach, okay. A ex-Boston and Maine Pullman. Mm-hmm. Well. How'd that go? It wasn't Amtrak accommodations. No. I will say my daytime accommodations were first class. Yeah. These were, you were, you know how you go to like a railroad museum, like the Lakeshore, for example. Oh. And you're sleeping, you you go in the passenger, the passenger cars, you go in the sleeper cars Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, this is how they traveled and slept back in the day. Mm -hmm. That's old. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I did. So so <laughs> for two nights. So for like so for the upper berth. Are you saying like it was open to the to the main aisleway there? Like it wasn't an enclosed room? Oh no, it was not an enclosed room. So let's just okay, it was so it was a cot. Yeah. Oh. Basically kind of thing. Oh yeah, that just pulled down. Yeah, yeah. it just pulled down. And it then you had and then you had like a you had like a little privacy curtain. Yeah, there's a little privacy yeah. curtain that is like you know yep. railroad wool fabric yeah. from the 1900s. Yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's the ladder you gotta climb to get up yeah. there. I still have bruises on my legs from that ladder what? because it's no, dude, that thing sucks. I hate the ladders. Um, <laughs> we all decided we were not going to use the bathroom in that car. Uh-oh. Because it was about 900 degrees in there. The owner of the car really didn't put much into the maintenance. It was more like the people along the way had to put in stuff for maintenance. That kind of sucked. So the air conditioning in this car was also not the best. At night it worked, but you didn't want to be in the car during the daytime. Yeah, that kind of sucks. And yeah, so it's, it's not really a roomette. You know, like with a roomette you have room yourself it's fairly private this was i mean i had a bunk it was wider than a usual like wider than a twin bed but not a queen you know yeah you had a little pouch for your phone that's kind of odd though that like the maintenance of that car you said doesn't seem like it was 
up to par, basically. Yeah, would... that's that's that was mainly I, I, as I was told, mainly by the owner of the car. Yeah, you know, I get it's an older car, but if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna use it and and like rent it out and stuff for people to use, you should be keeping up with it. And really, the only big issue was the AC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, what I mean. I I didn't like take a shower or really use the facilities much in that car. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, yeah. first of all, I was, did I, I had just enough clothes for this trip. Good thing. <laughs> this is a uh, reason to always pack an emergency pair of clothes. With yeah, you. Exactly. you never know when somebody's going to ask if you want to take a train across the country <laughs> at last minute. <laughs> um, but no. So yes, the daytime accommodations, first class nighttime accommodations, uh, could have i mean they weren't amtrak quality but you know i felt like i was traveling back in the day i was day. gonna say it was and that's cool yeah. you're still in an did old i car. get great sleep not at all <laughs> especially as you might know the uh, track east of denver how is that <laughs> how's that going still <laughs> it's not any better <laughs> what? what the heck why is that section of track so bad i don't know and but, of course it's um, in the middle of the night <laughs> riding on that it's it's yeah. it's honestly scary sometimes well here's here's the other thing did you have a did right? you have a window you didn't have a window up there either no i didn't have a window yeah. no yeah see like you were like me when i was up there on the amtrak and the bunk up there and like we're hitting those sections and it's like you can hear like the front of the train, like the engines and stuff hitting it first, and then you're like preparing yourself for the big, for the big uh, rocking motion when it when it goes over those switches. But it's like I can't see anything outside. Like it's really weird. <laughs> there was a interlocking that we went through the first night that everybody was almost positive we had derailed. <laughs> so bad um and i was at the very end of the car which meant i was right over the yeah truck. i was gonna say yeah you felt it <laughs> i felt everything there's no <laughs> suspension back then um but the passengers in the berlin the berlin was like the fancy so, car okay right? it was so like, i looked it up it was not baltimore and ohio but i can i can it? see why you would think it was baltimore and ohio because of the current paint scheme the current paint scheme, so, yes. So it was originally... So here, I'll start from the beginning here. I looked it up. I'll, I'll be quick. So the Berlin was built by Pullman in 1956 for the Union Pacific Railroad as an 11 double-bedroom sleeper called the Placid Lake. And it was on um, various overland route trains, but it was frequently frequently assigned to the city of Los Angeles. Blah, 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 blah. Then, so it was all Union Pacific, and then it became an Amtrak sleeper car, Placid Lake, same thing. Uh, can, continued service throughout the entire Amtrak system, blah, blah, blah. Here's where it gets a little interesting. Um, it was acquired from Amtrak by the Indiana Railroad Museum in French Lick, Indiana, and 
Uh-huh. And it was ultimately resold to the American European Express, a company that provided luxury rail tours based on the famous European Orient Express train concept. A yeah. major interior and exterior renovation was performed to convert the car into a luxurious sleeping car with Honduran mahogany interiors and fine upholstery uh, appointments while maintaining its or- original 11-bedroom configuration. It was renamed Berlin in accordance with the AEE preferences to name the cars after famous European and American cities. The Berlin was one of the original cars on the inaugural run of the American-European Express that ran from Chicago through Pittsburgh to Washington, D.C. behind the Capital Limited. Interesting. It also, I don't know if it talks about that in there, it has different presidential suites. Uh, so, let's see. It is very... Not really. I'm... I'm telling you, it is very, very fancy. The mahogany wood. Yes, it's it's fancy. Yeah. Right? And so that's where like the family is on the trip. Yeah, stayed. so it looks like that's what they're and that's what they're saying here. It it mainly ran behind the Capital Limited for the most part. Yeah. Well, that's kinda cool. So this car is much better in in much better maintenance shape, maintained state. Yeah. It's beautiful. Here's the issue. The rear coupler on the car mm-hmm. had a bad spring, Mm-mm. which meant every single time that coupler pocket turned, <laughs> the coupler slammed against the coupler pocket. Ooh. And, I mean, there were people on this car who might not have ridden a lot of trains before yeah. who thought the train car was falling apart. <laughs> Oops. And I can see why, yeah. but yeah, it was, it was like, oh my, like this really, it's like a model railroad issue. Like your yeah. spring <laughs> fell out of your coupling, yeah. but no, it's, it's in real, real life. life. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So no, the, the trip was, it was amazing. It was outstanding. A few things just to note. The service was great. I got to talk and interview the uh, chef, the executive chef, Fran. Cool. The second day, and she told me she'll teach me how to cook someday if I ever want that. (laughs) Um, She she made some oh my gosh she made some great dishes. She the uh, dinner on day two was a shrimp and pea pesto pasta. Super good, and you know Luke how I don't love vegetables in my food. (laughs) Who likes vegetables? She made these beef tacos day two with a lot of vegetables and guac and sour cream and all the things that I never get on tacos in Mexican restaurants. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to say no to any of this, right? Oh my gosh. It was good. Like it was, it was better than edible. It was good food. I'm like, wow. Maybe I don't hate this stuff so much after all. So thank you, Fran, for teaching me <laughs> that vegetables aren't the worst thing in the world. Obviously, I talked to Lowell, but my favorite the, the my favorite person that I talked to during this trip, his name was William. William was a steward. He hired out on one of his first jobs 
with the Southern Pacific. As a steward. And William was... I'm, he brought the excitement, he brought the smiles to everybody. Mm-hmm. He told me during this interview that I had with him, he's like, you know, my father always said, it doesn't matter how much money you make, as long as you can live and put a smile on people's faces. And he did. He was so full of joy. Mm-hmm. He had the uh, the old chimes that they used to call dinner time on the oh, train. Yeah. He had his little, his uh, his spiels that he, he would give for dinner time. He made it authentic. He made it the way it was back in the day when he was actually, you know, doing That's that. Cool. So he, he actually was, uh, he was contracted. So he, he worked for the Southern Pacific as a steward. He worked on Amtrak as a mm-hmm. steward or a LSA. <laughs> and he had a contract with the Union Pacific as a steward on their executive trains. So, cool. like, he was doing this for the higher yeah, ups. That's cool. It was kind of interesting. He, like, he stepped down from his position on the wow. train with us. Wow. Like, he was, yeah, he was great. That's neat, though. And there was also a man who, I'm, they never, I'm telling you, they never let us go thirsty on this train. <laughs> there is a man who, I called him the pocket water man. He had one of those big steward coats on. And he'd walk up to you every few minutes, and he'd ask if he could get you anything. Mm-hmm. And if you said a water, <laughs> there is a 100% chance that this man had a bottle of water, cold bottle of water, in his pocket, and he'd pull it out for wow. you. That's cool. That's so, so cool. the pocket water man. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, they came up to us within every 10 minutes mm-hmm. to see if they could get us anything. That's awesome. Never went hungry. Had views for days. I really wanted to wake up for the sunset on the uh, Salt Lake, you know, around yeah. Salt Lake. I set my alarm <laughs> because I didn't really get any sleep that night. I didn't really wake up for the sunset, <laughs> but I woke up around Soldier Summit and it was raining. Talk about sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Yeah. yeah, you said sunset. Did I yeah. say sunset? I, I, knew I saw you, the sunset. I know. I knew it. Yeah. You meant. Sunrise. I wanted to see the sunrise because I saw the sunrise in Salt Lake during our trip yeah, last year. I, did. <laughs> I was sleeping. <laughs> I I woke up for that. That I was said, really cool. That, I'm sleeping. I thought it would be cool, but I said, "Screw that! I'm sleeping <laughs> this time." <laughs> um, in the few hours, I don't even think it was hours of sleep that I got yeah. that night. But the views were just that's, outstanding. That's, it was cool. That's awesome. So, you know how we said earlier in the show that the Superdome, in the, back in the day, you could see above the rest of the cars, the yeah. train. We were in the middle of the private cars in the back of the Amtrak mm-hmm. train. So I could still see most of the Amtrak awesome. train from the front windows and the That's corners. Awesome. Especially winding so, through the canyons there and stuff. Yes. And the tunnels. And there are some epic videos of me. It looks like a drone shot following the P-42s. Oh, that's awesome. On the yeah. front of the train around yeah. these corners. That's awesome. But yeah, and and like, and I know you can see a lot of this from the, the Sightseer Lounge, but just looking up in the canyons, like when you are in yeah. Glenwood yeah. Canyon. It's crazy. Looking up in this, it's just, the views are yeah. outstanding. Speaking of Glenwood Canyon, <laughs> Luke. Yes? 
when we were in what Grand Junction is that the crew change point? Glenwood Springs. Oh, Grand Junction. Glenwood Grand Springs. Junction. Grand, yeah, yeah Grand the crew Junction. point change. Grand Junction. Yeah. We were in Grand okay. Junction, and a certain conductor Brad gets on. Uh oh. Conductor Brad. <laughs> conductor Brad. <laughs> these seats are terrible. Conductor Brad, why'd you put us in these seats? <laughs> well, the seats were not terrible. Conductor Brad, uh, Conductor Brad, what can I smoke? <laughs> Brad got on. Yeah. He came to see the car. Well, heck, well, heck actually, yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, every yeah, all the conductors came to see the car. Some of the steward, or the uh, the LSAs came to see the car. Yeah. They loved yeah. it. So Brad came in and he hung out a lot, and it was cool because when we were going through the canyons, he was, I mean, he he spent a lot of time in the Amtrak train, but there were times where he would come back and kind of give his little narrations yeah, to yeah. us of everything that would happen. Yep, yep. Well. He saw, you know, the the logo where that I was wearing and who I was. I he kind of recognized me. Mm-hmm. He's like, Bryce. So I got this book, and I'm like, oh, I know about your book, your book, Brad, because he talks about it on the Zephyr Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, exactly. The last Zephyr. Yeah. He's like, so I got this book. I need a blurb written about it. Ooh. You think you can do that? I'm like, ha <laughs> ha. Absolutely, because yeah. you know, Brad, Brad is conductor. Brad, it's conductor like Brad, second to conductor Dave. He's a celebrity. He is. He is a celebrity on that portion, <laughs> and he is writing a book. And I'm like, of course I can do One that. Of the best like, conductors out there. What, the, yes, I I'd argue that he is the best conductor on the system, especially in the long distance system. Yeah. He is. He's amazing. He's so funny. He's personable. And and you can and he loves telling you about what you're seeing outside. You know? Like he'll narrate stuff that's happening outside, stuff that's going by outside if there's even if there's wildlife. He'll be like, Oh yeah, look out the window here. He'd get on the intercoms and stuff too and, and just give you little tidbits of history too for people that care about it like us like that's really cool yeah. he's a really cool dude and whether it's real history or fake history like he, i have a video of him keeps it entertaining us, like some completely fake story of how the city of, or the state of colorado got his name <laughs> um, but yes he's entertaining and he's personable yes. and he loves amtrak he loves the route you know how much he loves the route luke how much did you know the virtual rail fan camera yeah at big 10 curve yeah that's at his house. That's his house? That's his house. Oh my god. His house is on Big Ten Curve. Oh my god. And that god. virtual rail, rail fan camera is at his house. Oh my god. He is the host for that camera. Oh my god, what a view he has. <laughs> I know. He must he have... also he... has elk that eat all of his flowers. Oh, the <laughs> pesky elk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, he must have some money then. If he's living up there on the on the, he's basically living on the ridge. He is living on the ridge. That's crazy. I mean, that is a dream house wow. for any rail fan. Wow, that is nuts. So that is that is Brad's house, wow. and so before, I couldn't even imagine how fast he sent it, but he sent he sent me a a little 
preview of the book. Cool. He's like, right when you need to. And then later on, he called me the superstar of the rails. So, wow. I mean, Brad calling me a superstar. Wow. Like, he, probably t- he probably tells that to every six year old, too. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Okay, I won't spoil your moment. Go ahead. Uh, that was the that moment. was the moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome though. He's awesome. So the only disappointing part about this trip is we were told not to go into Denver Terminal, Aww. which meant no, no beer terminal bar no action for us. Well, I guess you had, but I had my girl Mariah. Yeah. So, one of the last few stories. I know this episode's getting a little long, yeah, but okay. this is this is so fun. Yeah. So, all these stewards, stewardesses are from yeah, around the area, around the Midwest, the Upper Midwest, Pennsylvania. Yeah. But I didn't really know that. Like, I thought they were all like all the ones on the the car the milwaukee road car were like i just assumed they were in minneapolis yeah you know it would make sense well i'm talking about you know the massive change of plans of how i had to cancel my flight and all that i'm like well i guess to get home to get back to my car that is parked at the milwaukee airport i'm just going to take a hiawatha yep north if i can make it one because you know we were late of course the Zephyr was late. Shocker. Oh. <laughs> so, and Mariah, who's the stewardess on the car, she's like, ah, it's you and me, homie. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I live in Racine, so I gotta get up there. I'm like, oh, like, you're taking the train to Sternivit. So, we, we, you know, got pretty tight throughout the trip. Yeah. To That's where... Cool. When I asked her when she was taking our drink orders that night, um, if there was any liquor on the train, she Ooh. laughed and said, "I wish." Um, <laughs> so no, there was beer, IPAs, wine. Like if you were a wine snob, there's so much wine, yeah, and so many different kinds of wine That's and cool. champagne. Mm-hmm. So she made me. A, uh, she called it a wine bomb. Wine bomb. It's like a, a Jaeger bomb, but wine. Hmm. It's pretty good. I, 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 it, it wasn't the best thing I've had in my, in the life, but it was good. You know, <laughs> it, was good, yeah. it did the job. Uh, so we're, you know, we're hanging out. We, I stay up pretty late most nights. So I was, I was up late. There were a few of us like Mike was up late. Mike would tell us all these stories. Oh my gosh. You know the stories that Mike already told us, but like yeah. Mike had. S- well, Mike's buddy Pete, who is an Amtrak engineer, a current engineer up in that area out of Portland, mm-hmm. he was on the train. So he's a current con- engineer. Okay, yep, yep. And Mike was his conductor for a lot of trips. So they would tell us all these stories about the trips they were on. <laughs> so. We'd be up late, Mariah would give us drinks, and I, sh- she made what she called um, Mariah's mimosas. Oh. Which were just a little teeny bit of orange juice and a lot of champagne. 
and oh my, they were good. Yeah, I knew she'd be good because she's from Wisconsin. You know, you yeah. got it. And she, when she's not um, taking care, because she manages two other cars that are based out of Chicago. Yeah, when she's not on those cars or managing cars or anything, she's a bartender at a local bar in Sternavent. I'm like, if she's a bartender in Wisconsin, she's got to be good, right? Yeah. So, yeah, her her mimosas were bomb. It was fun. Everybody, uh, we we toasted when we went through the Moffat Tunnel of the Continental Divide. Nice. <laughs> that was that was fun. We actually ate. We started eating dinner inside Moffat Tunnel, which is <laughs> crazy. Um. So yeah. And then I'll just, I'll end with one of Mike's stories. Okay. So Mike, our conductor friend, we were talking and he, he's telling us about the time they hit a house. I remember that. Do you remember the house sitting story? Yes. I, I, I did not. I vaguely, re- <laughs> I vaguely remember it, but I remember him saying that. <laughs> they hit a house. So... It was, apparently they had these football trains. Yeah. And they, uh, actually, let me pull this up. You, you talk about something real quick. I'll talk let about, me, um. Let me, let me pull this up real quick. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll think of something to talk about. So let's see, NASCAR world, I guess we can talk about that real quick. This is the big NASCAR Big three weekends in a row from here coming up here. We're going to do um, Michigan the first weekend of August. Second weekend of August is uh, Indianapolis, and that's NASCAR and IndyCar on the same weekend. And then um, Watkins Glen as well. I think it's after Indy. I don't know. It doesn't seem right, though, to have two red horses back-to-back. Maybe there's one in between. But basically, those three races, those are the next big three races I'm going to. Um, amusement Park, I don't know. I haven't really, haven't really done I haven't done anything Amusement Park-wise. I still haven't even gone down the ride for Flyer 2 yet here in Erie, so... Uh, nothing new on that other than the, the big Fury 325 story with the big crack in in the uh, support system there that, that yeah that a, that's uh that a uh, person found just like an average uh just person at the park was videoing was like ah, we yeah. call them the gp the general public <laughs> yeah the gp so yeah other than that i mean hasn't been haven't really gone anywhere racing uh well i guess the chicago street course was the past weekend and yeah, I mean, I don't really get. I don't even get started about the race, but I am so happy that that foreign dude won. <laughs> like, yes, just the, Van Hamburger, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that that was at least that at least saved it for me a little bit. Was to see him win, you know, his first NASCAR Cup Series start ever, his first time ever in in that car. Granted, the car that he drives in Australia is kind of similar, I guess, but still, it's totally different. Like you have. You have drivers that just come up from the Xfinity series into the Cup series, and they're like, oh, wow, i got to relearn everything, you know? This dude just comes over here, whips butt on this road course, and 
I mean, that was awesome to see him win. That 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 kind of saved the race the race for me, just because you know, I was I'm one of the ones that was against everything and from this from the beginning from this style of racing to begin with. The, with the with the street course, it's just like it's not what NASCAR is. But yeah, it was good to see him win. And then Ross Chastain won the weekend before that at uh, at Nashville, so that's good too. He's in the playoffs now. I got to finally smash a watermelon this year, so happy about that. Hey, right, you ready? And I will be going up to the Slinger Slinger Super uh, Slinger Super Speedway. Nice. For Slinger Nationals on Tuesday. Nice. Which will be featuring Chase Elliott. Nice. Willie Willie B. Oh, Willie B's gonna be there too. Matt Kenseth. Cool. Yeah, it's a it's a good lineup. That'll be good, yeah. So I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah. That'll be fun. So to to end our show, this is a X. Excerpt, excerpt, whatever, from Trains Magazine, April 2001 issue, mm-hmm. titled Amtrak 1 House Zero. Amazingly, no one is seriously injured. <laughs> Editor's note, two days before Christmas, a special Amtrak train carrying football fans toward Portland, Oregon, slammed into and demolished a four-bedroom house that was being towed across the BNSF mainline. <laughs> By a house mover in Tacoma, Washington. Yep. Trains reader Mike Rademacher, a member of the Amtrak crew, filed this first-person report on the unusual collision. Yes, Mike was the conductor on this train. I remember him talking so, about yeah. <laughs> this story is insane. I was sitting in the fifth car of train number 757 on December 23rd, 2000. At about 10.55 p.m., I felt the emergency air brake dump and I braced myself against the seat head, the seat ahead. About 15 seconds passed, but I felt nothing and heard nothing on my radio. Then I felt a massive jolt. I thought we were on the ground at first, but as we stopped over the next 10 to 15 seconds, everything seemed smooth, so I knew we were still on the rails. I made an emergency call over the radio to the BNSF dispatcher, stating that we'd had severe slack action and a severe jolt. I opened a vestibule door and dropped the steps. I heard people yelling, asking if anyone is under the train or the house. (laughs) Seeing the debris all over the road, I realized we'd hit not a car, semi-trailer, truck, or RV, but a house. (laughs) I called to my fellow crewman, Barry, to get my light from my grip. I called Tom Crone, our engineer, repeatedly on the radio, but I got no answer. Running towards the engine, I prayed that I'd find Tom alive. I repeated my emergency calls to the dispatcher and any other trains nearby on the busy BNSF double track. I climbed up the steps on F40 number 353 and forced the cab door open against a lot of debris. Shining my light inside, I was extremely relieved to see Tom lift up his head from the floor. I helped Tom get the debris, wood, sheetrock, glass, and house insulation off of him, and we then got his leg free from under the cab seat. I grabbed a 2x4 piece of wood and brushed about a 1-inch layer of glass off the fireman's seat so he could sit, but he didn't want to. He wanted to get off that locomotive. (laughs) He said he saw the house ahead, realized what it was, plugged it through the train into emergency, yeah. and hit the floor. I carried his belongings so he could have both hands free to disembark from the locomotive. Yeah. We walked back to the dining car where he was treated by firefighters before being taken to a hospital. I checked with the house movers, who said all their men were accounted for, 
so miraculously no one was killed or seriously injured. It turned out that only about a that about a dozen people engineered Tom, two men who were atop the house trying to raise utility wires so the house would clear, oh and a few passengers God. were treated and released from area hospitals. The other passengers were bused south to Portland. So Mike said that these two guys on top of the house were on the roof. The train went through the house. The roof ended up on top of the train, and they slid down the roof to the ground. <laughs> after it all stopped. <laughs> what the heck? Also, there was a beam. So he said that the engineer, you know, dropped to the ground, right? Yeah. As he should have. He braced. Yeah. There was a two by four that if he would have stayed in his seat, the two by four went through the entire cab right at head height wow. of that engineer's seat. So he would have been basically decapitated by a, a two yeah, by four yeah. if he stayed in that seat. Wow. So Mike actually has a YouTube channel and uh, the name of the video is uh 1373 Amtrak crashes through house on the tra on the tracks and wrecks by trainman 4449 if you're interested he has about an 8 minute long video where he shows pictures of the wreck that he personally took <laughs> and narrates yeah, link, it link it, in, so, link it in the Facebook post yeah I'll, I'll I will definitely link that so Mike it was great seeing you we uh he said that he's working on a house on Cajon Pass. Jeez. Said that maybe you'll have to have me down there. Maybe you can tag along. Yeah. Do some rail fanning out there. Yeah. But yeah, this is... Uh, it was great to see him again. It, it was just a wonderful week. Full of trains. So, th this has been an hour and a half of an episode. Wow. It's a good one. It's a long one. Actually, it's, it's been one. an hour and 40 minutes because you lost the first six minutes. Yeah, I lost the first <laughs> six minutes of my recording. So, we should probably end it yeah, here. Yeah, we'll end it here. Until next time. Until next time, uh, we'll, we'll get some more... Uh, got some good stuff coming up for you. I, we got some good, good things in the... Uh, in the tube. So I, I gotta, until next I time, go put, I yeah. gotta go put my laundry in the dryer. Yeah, go go <laughs> go put your laundry in the dryer. We will see you guys later. Bye bye. Bye bye.